You're listening to the Central City Assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God the Father. I have a a question for you this morning to start out. Uh, How many here today like making lists, like you're a list maker? Yeah, let me see you. Your list makers, okay? Um, you like making lists to help you organize your life and make sure you get things done. Don't forget things. Uh, some people like making lists and some people don't. And that's okay, you know, because diversity is what makes the world interesting. Um, and oftentimes in marriage, uh, you'll have one spouse who likes making lists and another who doesn't. Um, that is definitely true for me in my marriage with my beautiful wife. Don't you like her 80s vibe this morning? She's really cute. Yeah. Um, and so who, who would you think, uh, in our marriage, who is the list maker, Annette or me? Who would you think? <laughs> Annette is totally the list maker. I was surprised by that. I figured everybody would guess Annette. Yeah. She loves making lists of all kinds, of all kinds. Going to the grocery store, got to make a list. Packing for a trip, got to make a list. Planning a birthday party, got to make a list. Helping somebody with interior design, got to make a list, right? All over the place. If you, if you come to my house and you hang out in my kitchen, chances are you'll see at least one, probably multiple uh, sticky notes or a notepad with lists written all over it. Annette loves her lists. Um, I, on the other hand, don't write lists, okay? Um, it's not that I don't like them. I love how organized Annette is when we go to the grocery store or we're getting ready for a trip. Um, I'm just lazy, right? Who else can relate to that, right? I'm lazy. Uh, I think that I can organize everything just in my brain with mental notes and mental lists. Yeah, thank you. But, but um, that's not always proved to be the case in my life. And there have been many times when I've gone to the grocery store and come back and it's like, did you remember to get this thing? I say, no, but I remembered everything else, and that should count for something, right? And so lists, they're good. Lists are helpful. Um, lists are not only good for organizing, but they're also good for prioritizing, right? One thing that we asked engaged couples to do in pre-marriage counseling with us is we asked them to write out a list of priorities when it comes to their money. What do they, in, like, what is important to them when it comes to spending money? And because if couples can get on the same page about what's important, especially when it comes to where their money goes, that can minimize conflict. And how many married couples know minimized conflict is a good thing, right? Okay, but how about we do a little exercise right now, okay? We're going to have some group participation. Um, Whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you like making lists or not, I want all of us to make a list right now. And so you can get out your phone, right, get your notes app open, or if you've got a piece of paper and a pen, I want you to to make a list. Um, Not so much about, like, where your money goes and what's important to you when you spend your money, but just in general, what is a priority for you in your life, okay? And so um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of time to do this. Ready, set, go. And some people already did it. List makers are done. And I want you to try and, and uh, rate it. Put the most important at the very top, okay? Try and put it in level of priority. Um, 
write a list of what's important to you. What prior, like what are top priorities in general in your life? Okay, let's keep it to ourselves just for a moment. All right. Right, majority of people have at least a few things written down. All right. Um, now, chances are, um, as was alluded to verbally already, that some similarities will be within our lists, right? Uh, we're all here on a Sunday morning, and chances are God is made it on your priority list. Chances are church made it on your priority list. Um, we also probably have things like our families, our homes, work, friends, finances, right? But there are also probably some differences too. Um, some people like to, to travel while others don't. And so that may or may not have made it on your list. Um, other people, they, they prioritize things like politics or sports, and, and that may have made it on your list. Some people prioritize exercise and, and physical activity while others don't. That one doesn't make it on my list, unfortunately. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, how many of us put rest on our lists? Like the word rest, not just vacation, but like rest. All right, we've got a few. Rest, right? Rest for your body and rest for your soul, right? Taking time out of your day and your week and even your year for intentional rest. Uh, I think whether it made it on your list or not, uh, we all understand that rest is important, right? Uh, just like we understand that having a well-balanced diet is important, but that probably didn't make it on all of our lists either, right? Um, well, my goal today is to show you why rest should be on all of our priority lists. Um, we should all see rest as not just something that is important, but something that we should prioritize as one of the most important things in our lives. And, and God not only desires for us to rest, but he also gives us instruction for how to maximize our rest. And so the title of today's message is Prioritizing Rest. And um, let's pray one more time before we continue with the message. God, we are grateful um, for this new day that you've given every single one of us. You are so faithful um, with your love, with your provision. You're so faithful with your grace and mercy. And I love that we, we've sung that you're still victorious. Nothing has gotten past you. Nothing has overtaken you. Jesus, you are still king of kings and lord of lords. And that alone brings rest to my soul. And we thank you that you've invited us here today to, to learn from you, to receive from you. Um, would you help us to understand why rest is so important? Um, would you lead us and guide us this morning? We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, um, if you're one of those who enjoys making lists, um, then you're in really good company um, because God also likes making lists. He's not just a way maker, he's a list maker too. Um, and I, I want to start out today by looking at one of his most well-known lists in the Bible. Um, and this is a priority list of what he thinks is most important in life. Um, but he also gave this list to us so that we can model it and implement it in our lives. Um, and so if God thinks something is a priority, then we should probably make it a priority in our lives too, right? All right, so let's uh, look at this list. And it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And I'd love for you to turn there in your Bibles. 
You can get your digital Bible out, your physical Bible out, but let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. And if you know your Bible, then you know before you even turn there, that this is where we read what? The Ten Commandments, right? And oftentimes I've, I've heard people teach the Ten Commandments as a, a list of do's and don'ts. And there's absolutely some of that in there, of course. But I think it's also helpful to view the Ten Commandments as God's ultimate priority list. It's his ultimate priority list. Um, and similar to many of our lists in the Ten Commandments, God is at the very top, right? He is the greatest priority. And the first three commandments are all about how God is and should be number one priority in all of our lives. Um, but we also see God, what God sees as priorities in the other commandments as well. Uh, for example, when God says, honor your father and mother, He's saying your parents should be a priority in your life. When he says don't murder, he's saying honoring life should be a priority in your life. Don't commit adultery means honoring marriage should be a priority to you. The, the Ten Commandments aren't just a do's and don'ts list. It's a list of priorities. Can you see that? Right? And, and if God sees these ten things these, as priorities, then we, they should make it onto our priority list as well right? Um, because he created this list to help us live good and fulfilling lives. Who wants that? Every single, who wants that for your children? Every single one of us wants that, right? Um, God knows what's best for us, and he wants what's best for us. And if we make a priority what he makes a priority, then I think we'll be pretty okay in this life. Well, what do we find in the Ten Commandments? Uh, God's priority list right after the first three commandments, which are all about how God is number one, the most important. Well, let's read it. Uh, verses 8 through 11. It says this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So here's what we just read. Right? When it comes to priorities, God is the most important. And then what comes right after that? The Sabbath, the day of rest. God is telling us that we should prioritize rest the way he prioritizes rest. And again, how many of us put rest anywhere on our list or even near the top? Okay. Um, now, all of the commandments are important. All right. But am I the only one who finds it a little bit interesting that um, God would put rest even before not murdering and, and not committing adultery? Right? If I were God, and thank God I am not God, but if I were God trying to tell my creation what's most important in life, I would want to make sure that they knew right away, right off the bat, don't kill each other. Right? Don't take each other's spouses. Don't take each other's properties. Don't, right? That would be my priority list. That seems like the right order of priorities and how to save them. But God flips that around. He flips it around. Um, and God flips things. And did you notice that if you look at all of the commandments, which one is the longest and the most detailed? Rest. The Sabbath day of rest. It's, it's detailed, probably because God was like, you're going to take it for granted. And so God flips this around when it comes to rest um, in another place in Scripture too. 
And so we're going to do a little bit of Bible jumping this morning. Flip backwards to Genesis chapter 1. That's an easy one. So just go to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. And let's read the creation story, at least the beginning of it. And this is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over... My English, there we go, was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the lights from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And so what we hear, what we read here is a, is a pattern, right? God creates, God calls his creation good, and then there's evening and morning. And this happens on the first day, and then this pattern repeats itself on day two, three, four, five, and six. God creates. God calls his creation good, and then there's evening and morning. Now, what I find interesting in that pattern is that he flips something, right? I don't know about you, but when I think about um, a day, I usually think of it starting with what? Morning, right? Not evening. We wake up in the morning and start our day. We do what we need to do uh, all throughout the day. And then the evening, depending on how busy we are, is for what? Rest, relaxing, spending time with family and friends, sleep, right? We don't typically start with the evening and end with the morning. That's not the order we're used to unless you're a first responder or you have, you know, mixed schedules. But usually that's not what we're used to. But that's the order that we see God provide to us in Scripture, evening and morning. Uh, We see it, too, when God instructs his people on how to celebrate and keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath day of rest starts not in the morning, but in the evening. From Friday evening all the way to Saturday evening, God flips it. And so what we see in Scripture is that we should prioritize rest in our lives, but we should also, here it is, start from a place of rest in our lives, right? Because too often in in our Western thinking, we see rest as something that you work for, right? I think the band Loverboy, they put it correctly when they wrote their song, Working for the Weekend, right? That's our Western thinking. Everybody's working for the weekend, right? And now that's stuck in your head, you're welcome. Um, We think, I'm working, I'm trying to get all of my stuff done so that I can rest. Or or a common motto of our parents and grandparents' generation was work first, play later. Who grew up hearing that in your house? Work first, play later. And and, and in this way, I think we're prioritizing work over rest. Work comes before rest. Morning comes before evening. But in the examples from Scripture that I've given you, Evening comes before morning. The time of day typically associated with rest, it comes first. Then it's time uh, to get to work and to get things done. I think in God's eyes, in his priority, rest isn't something that you work towards. Rest is a place to work from. It's a place to work from. And I think we can all agree that we work better from a place of rest, don't we? 
right? When you are well rested, your mind is sharper, your body seems to function better, you just work better from a place of rest, don't you? Also in God's eyes, get this, rest isn't a reward, rest is a requirement. God doesn't put any qualifiers or conditions on rest. He doesn't say, if you do all of these things and you're all good boys and girls, then you can rest. Right? It's not a reward. It's a requirement. It's a Ten Commandment. Right? And again, even before not murdering or not committing adultery, God commands rest, which shows how much he cares about you and your well-being and how important rest is. But think about it. This concept, we can take it a little bit further, and Scripture does take it deeper. Um, working from a place of rest rather than working for rest, we can take it deeper spiritually speaking. Because on what day of the week did our King Jesus die? He died on Friday afternoon. He got the job done. And then what starts Friday evening? The Sabbath, the day of rest. Right? This is significant because Jesus, through his death, doing his job, he obtained for us an eternal Sabbath for our souls. Right? Because of his death, we are set free from, we are no longer slaves to, we are no longer working under the bondage of Satan, sin, and death. That's gospel. That's good news, church family. Jesus is our eternal Sabbath rest for our souls. Do you see it? And this Sabbath rest isn't something that we have to work towards. You don't have to work towards this rest right? or, or work for it. It's freely given to us. And now instead of working towards rest for our souls, we work from a place of rest that our souls have been freely given. We serve God, we serve people, we obey him, not so we can rest, but because he's already given us rest, right? We operate from a place of rest rather than towards rest. We also just finished our planted series. That's our theme for the year, right? We're planted so that we can grow and, and be fruitful in our lives, um, but what we, uh, part of that was we were learning what it means to be planted so we can grow spiritually. And we saw the parallels between the real world plant life cycle um, and our own spiritual growth cycle. It's very similar. Well, another thing that we find in the plant world is the importance of rest, right? Well, uh, rest for what? Rest for the soil, right? If you keep planting the same things over and over and over in the soil, it will, the soil will die, all of the nutrients that plant seed will get sucked up. Nothing will grow there anymore. And what we read in Scripture even is that God also instructed the Israelites uh, to, to give their soil a rest, to not grow anything in their fields in what year? The seventh year. There's that number again, right, so that they could continue to have these bountiful harvests. And the application for us is that we need to rest in order to grow spiritually. If we don't prioritize rest then we'll get depleted and dry up and burnt out. We won't produce fruit. We won't have bountiful harvest in our own lives. And what this example shows us is that God's desire for us to rest, it has purpose. Now, we're actually accomplishing something when we rest. Even though when we read the fourth commandment, it sounds like we're not supposed to do or accomplish anything, right? He says, no work for you for your children, for your, your servants, not even for your animals or the, the foreigners in your land. Do nothing. But in our doing nothing, we're actually doing something quite important in our walks with God. What we're doing is we're declaring our trust in him. We're declaring our trust in him. Which going back again to our planted series, 
being planted starts with what? Trusting God. Blessed is the man or the woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. And obeying God's command to rest uh, is one of the greatest ways that you can declare your trust in him. Because when you rest from work, even though you might feel like there's still work to be done, what we're doing is we're showing God that we trust him to take care of us and to provide for all of our needs. When we rest, we're showing God that we find our value. Some of you need to hear this this morning, that we find our value and fulfillment not in what we do, but in who we are as his children When we rest, we're declaring that what Jesus did on the cross, the work that he completed to give us eternal rest for our souls is enough. It's enough. And so I think I've I've done, you know, a pretty good job of laying out a solid biblical-based argument for rest this morning. Um, God prioritizes rest, which we see in the Ten Commandments, right, God's priority list. God wants us to rest and operate from a place of rest, not for rest. Um, And and then rest is important for our continued spiritual growth, right? What we get to do now is evaluate our own lives. Do you prioritize rest the way God does? Not the way the world does, but the way God does. Are you working to earn rest? Are you operating from a place of rest? Do you see rest as an important aspect of your own spiritual growth? When you do rest, do you see it as a declaration of your trust in God? And these are important things for all of us to ponder and to evaluate in our own lives. Right? But at some point, we need to move beyond just pondering rest and move into actually practicing rest. We've got to do it. And thankfully, God instructs us how to rest. Right? Because there is a way to rest that actually benefits us and draws us closer to God at the same time. And there's another way to rest that is more of a distraction rather than a declaration of trusting God. And it doesn't actually bring us the rest that we need. And and the key to resting well is actually um, the same phrase I have been using this whole time. It's the title of our message. We need to prioritize rest. But prioritizing rest can have two different meanings. It's got a double meaning. The first meaning is what we've already talked about. Make it important in your life. Prioritize rest. But we also need to prioritize rest, meaning that we need to prioritize what we go to and who we go to in our rest. Because there have been times in my life, and I'm just going to speak personally for a little bit, um, when I've recognized my need for rest. It was an extra busy season in my life, and, and I was nearing the point of, exhaustion, um, nearing the point of burnout, who's been there before, and people who love me and and care about me, they said, you need to rest. You need a day off, Pastor Kai. You need to make sure you plan out a a restful vacation in your life. And so I said, okay, I'm going to prioritize rest. And so in those times of rest, I would try and do as little as possible. Sleep in, watch TV, maybe go and, and do something fun, eat good food, And then when we started having kids, we obviously had to change how we rested because uh, sleeping in is not something that little kids know how to do, right? Sitting around doing nothing all day is not something that little boys and girls full of energy can do. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Um, But we would try to prioritize rest nonetheless. However, after those days of rest and, and when we would get back to the normal work week, I realized I felt just as tired and drained and exhausted as I did before I rested. It seemed like my resting did 
nothing to actually revitalize and rejuvenate me. And this went on for a while to the point where I was like, man, I don't see the point in resting anymore. It's not doing anything. Right? I was frustrated and discouraged. I was still very tired. Uh, during that time, I went to a large pastor's conference in Anaheim, Anaheim California. Um, Sayla was actually there for that. And that's the first time I met her before she even came to CCA. Um, but she was there. I was there. A bunch of pastors were there. And one of the speakers was Priscilla Shire. Now, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's an actress. She's an author. She's an amazing speaker and preacher of the gospel. Um, and I don't remember all of her message, but what I do remember changed my perspective on rest in a positive way forever, forever. Uh, she read a verse that I had read, and really all of us have read, probably collectively a bajillion times. And I think that's an accurate number, bajillion times. And it was Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then Priscilla, she proceeded to talk about how all of the pastors in the room, you need to prioritize rest, something that every single pastor has heard a bajillion times also. And there was this collective like, oh, we're going there right now? Okay. Right? And so, but then she challenged us. And she said, but pastors, the majority of you are going to the wrong things for rest. Jesus didn't say, go to Netflix. Jesus didn't say, go to the golf course. Jesus didn't say, make sure you get eight hours of sleep every night and, and eat a good meal, right? And then you'll be rested. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Have you ever received one of those metaphorical punches to the gut that kind of hurt, but at the same time, you were like, oh, I needed that. I needed that. Uh, that was me in that moment. Because in that moment, I realized that, yes, I, I was prioritizing rest in my life, but I hadn't been prioritizing rest. I hadn't been prioritizing Jesus in my rest. I had been going to a bunch of other things for rest that, sure, maybe they were restful for my body, for my mind, but my soul was still exhausted. And how many of you know that when your soul is not well, oftentimes the rest of your life struggles as well? And so really, I had been seeking rest for my soul from things that just couldn't provide rest for my soul. I had been excluding, not intentionally, but still excluding Jesus from my rest. The only one who declares and promises that if we come to him, then he will give us rest. And when you think about it, what Jesus says is really just a parable to the, the Ten Commandments. Right? God says we should prioritize him first and foremost. He's the most important. And then he prioritizes rest right after. And Jesus is really saying the exact same thing. Come to me. Prioritize me first and foremost, and I will give you rest. And from that moment on, uh, not only did I prioritize rest, but I prioritized rest. I prioritized Jesus in my rest. I didn't just go to all of these other sources for rest, but I went to Jesus first and foremost. I in invited him into my rest, made him a focus and a part of my rest. And let me tell you, it really made a difference. Right, weekends were actually restful and refreshing. Mondays didn't feel like the dreaded Mondays. 
I, I was ready and energized to go back to work. Vacations too, even with all of our kids, they were refreshing and relaxing, right? Because I was prioritizing rest, operating from a place of rest, but I was also prioritizing Jesus as my ultimate source of rest. And he was fulfilling his promise, right? Come to me and I will give you rest. And so that's the concept of making rest a priority and prioritizing Jesus in our rest. But what does that look like practically, Pastor Kai? And so what I'd love to do to end our time together um, is I'd love to share some tips to help you prioritize your rest. Um, but let me just first say um, that Annette and I are not perfect at this. <laughs> we are not perfect at this. Um, we don't always do this well or correctly. Prioritizing rest seems to be this constant work in progress. Uh, it truly is a practice that um, the, you get better and better at the more you practice it. And so we're not perfect. We don't always do it well, but we've learned some things along the way, and I think they'll help you too if you're ready to receive them and want to receive them. All right, so um, first thing to do is plan your rest. Plan your rest. We have list makers. Do we have any planners in the house? Plan your rest. Okay, on the day you want to rest, don't just say, okay, we're, everybody, we're going to rest now. We're going to do it right now. This is it. All right? But actually plan it out in advance. Okay, when are you going to rest? Um, what will your rest look like? How are you going to invite Jesus into your rest? Even the small things, like what are we going to eat for our meals during our rest? What's something that we can, can all do that is restful for our whole family? Because the way you rest and the way your spouse rests and the way your kids rest might not be the same for everybody. And if you all just try and do whatever you want to do, it's going to lead to a lot of frustration, disappointment, and zero rest. All right, so make a plan for your rest. Second, prepare for your rest. Make sure you get all of your work, all of your house chores, your grocery shopping and errands done before you rest. Right, because you don't want your rest to be interrupted by a trip to the grocery store because you forgot that one ingredient that you needed in order for your meal to work. Right? Or, or it's really hard to rest when you have a pile of dishes or a pile of clean clothes just sitting in your hamper waiting for you to fold them. It's hard. Right? Planning and preparing for rest are often overlooked when we try and rest, but they really do make all of the difference. Right? Here's the other thing it does. It also shows that you really are prioritizing rest and that it's important to you. Um, because you can tell the difference between an event that you've been to that was really well thought out and planned for compared to an event that was just thrown together last minute. The ones you go to that were thought out and planned, you feel like they want you to be there. That it's for you. That they care about you. Right? The same is true for our rest. You will rest better. Your family will rest better and will feel cared for if you plan for and prepare for rest. Right? That's the first two. Third is protect your rest. Protect your rest. Do everything you can to protect your rest and not plan or allow other things and people to interrupt your rest. And so if you need to turn off your phone so you're not tempted to check messages or emails every 10 minutes, put your phone in another room or turn it off. 
right? Don't schedule work events or appointments on your day of rest if you don't have to. Um, If someone asks you, hey, can you do this for me, but it's your day of rest, tell them no. Tell them no, right? Or if that's too direct for you, then tell them, that's my family day. I'm sorry, I I can't do that for you. Okay, listen, most good and decent people who hear that that's my family day, they're not gonna be like, forget your family. Will you do what I asked you to do? If they do that, it's time to find a new friend, okay? Right, or what you can do is you can tell them, I'm sorry, I have another appointment that day. And you're not lying because if you're planning and preparing for your your rest, you have an appointment that day. It's scheduled. It's ready to go, right? But if we don't protect our rest and if we allow other things and people to interrupt it, then it gets easier and easier and easier to say yes to a million other things and say no to your rest. And before you know it, you've gone weeks weeks and months without intentional rest in your life. So protect your rest. Fourth, uh, prioritize Jesus. Now, I know I already said this, but what does this look like practically? Okay, well, um, I'm just going to share some things that my family and I, that we try and do. Uh, But for my family, we plan and prepare for our rest to start on Friday evening um, with a family meal together. And before we eat, we pray, right? But we ask Jesus to fill us with his rest, to bless our rest. We thank God for being our rest. And what we're doing is we're acknowledging that our rest ultimately comes from him and not just in the things that we're doing. Okay? Then after we pray, um, we have two candles on our dining room table that we light. Um, And as we light them, every single one of us, we say we remember the Sabbath, we observe the Sabbath. And we say that together as a family. And a lot of Jewish families actually practice this still today. Because earlier in the Old Testament, God's command was to remember the Sabbath. But the Jewish people, they went on throughout the years, and they stopped doing it. They stopped doing it. And so then God said, okay, i got to shake you up a little bit. You need to observe the Sabbath. Right? They remembered that they should do it, but they didn't. And so it, you can see it changed throughout the Old Testament from remember the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath. And so we light candles and, and say those words um, just to center our rest on the fact that it's something good that God wants for us. There's no magical words to it, right? We're not, we're not Jewish, but we see it in the Bible, and, and, and it's good, right? We practice rest. And then um, during uh, dinner sometimes, um, we'll just talk about what we're thankful for, right? We used to do something called the joy jar, where every single one of us would write out something that brought us joy throughout the week, and we'd put it in the jar so we could look back at, it at another day. Right? Um, sometimes we have fun things to drink, like a sparkling cider or whatever, right? Soda. We don't drink a lot of soda in my house. Right? And we'll take our glasses and we'll cheers one another to the goodness of God. And our kids love doing that. Right? And all we're trying to do and all we're trying to teach is that rest is a good thing and it is a gift from God and he's part of our rest. Okay? And then Saturday morning, we try to sleep in as much as our kids will allow us to. Um, but really what we want to do is we want to start our Saturday morning focusing on Jesus and inviting him to lead and guide our rest for the day. We don't want to just sit in front of the TV all day or be on our phones all day or fill our day with one activity after another because if that's all we do, then we're really just distracting ourselves from the Lord and not inviting him into our rest, right? Um, 
So we want to do intentional things like praying, reading scripture, talking about Jesus together as a family. And it's not like a two-hour long Bible study. It's just very simple things where we're saying, Jesus, be a part of our rest. Um, and then let's go do something fun. All right, let's watch a movie together. Let's play some video games. Let's do a fun project around the house. Let's, let's hang out with some friends and have a meal with them. Yeah, let's go to that, that kid's birthday party. Let's do something fun. But even then, all throughout the day, we try and keep our attention and our focus on Jesus. Um, and really, this sounds like things we should do every day, right? But how often, specifically for rest, we forget about Jesus, okay? And so one way that we like to, to keep our focus on him throughout the day and to teach this to our kids is, is we'll simply turn to them while we're resting and say, man, isn't God so good that he wants us to rest and enjoy time together as a family? Isn't he amazing? Isn't, it, isn't this such a good meal that we're eating? It's delicious. Man, Jesus sure does care about us and provide for all of our needs, doesn't he? And while we're sitting around our house doing absolutely nothing, we turn to them and say, man, isn't God so good that he would give us this house to rest in? We are so blessed. Oh, my gosh. Right? But, but the goal is to not forget about or distract ourselves from Jesus, the one who promises us rest. He's our source of rest. And so those are things that we do. And you can, you can copy those, do them yourselves. I didn't trademark them or anything like that. Um, but you can make it your own. The point is, what will it look like for you to prioritize Jesus in your rest? Okay, and finally, we'll start wrapping up here. Finally, be gracious to yourself. Be gracious to yourself. If your day of rest doesn't go as planned, if you miss a day of rest because uh, something came up from work, for work or, or there was an appointment that, that you just couldn't avoid, um, be gracious to, you, to yourself. If this happens once in a while, if it's a pattern, then that's an issue. But if it happens once in a while, and it will happen once in a while, um, you're not letting God down. Right? You're not neglecting rest. You're not being a bad follower of Jesus. Right? Because we don't strive for rest. We work from a place of rest, right? Or when the religious leaders confronted Jesus and the disciples about not strictly holding to the rules of the Sabbath, what did Jesus say? Mark chapter uh, 2, verse 27, and he said to them, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath day of rest is meant to be a blessing, not a burden, right? And rest becomes a burden when you put all of these requirements and all of these expectations on ourselves, right? And is it even really rest in that moment? Okay, so be gracious to yourself. For sure, prioritize rest. We should see it as important and actually practice regular rest in our lives. But if it doesn't always happen or happen the way we want, hey, listen, if you are still seeking Jesus as your rest, even in your busyness, I believe he's going to provide you rest. He's going to give it to you, Okay. But I hope these tips were helpful. Were they helpful? All right. Plan, prepare, protect your rest, prioritize Jesus, and be gracious to yourself. Now, this is not an anti-work message. Just so you know, rest one day, work six days a week. That's also modeled to us. These four-day work weeks that people are talking, I don't know. Anyways, um, but what will you do, right? What will you do to prioritize rest? What will you do for your family? to prioritize Jesus in your rest. I promise you, if you invite Jesus into your rest, it will be so much better, so much more satisfying 
so much more fulfilling. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you. Thank you.